and welcome to Savage Beast. Uh, I'm Joe Gallagher. Uh, with me, as always, he's a giant crab I discovered in an ancient ruin. It's Paul McLeod. <laughs> uh, I mean, these are getting so obscure sometimes, Joe, uh, that I don't even know what to do with them. Um, I don't think we should explain uh, that one. No, no one, we definitely no one cares. Should not. Just uh, take it literally, yes. um, I think, is what everybody should do. Um, big, you know, it's it's one of the big uh, benefits of the audio-only podcast medium. Uh, nobody had to know, but I guess you you spilled it now. Paul, uh, really, one of your best, it really speaks to one of your best attributes, which is that you can move after you attack. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, I'm done. Also, I can swim, I guess. Anyway, um, <laughs> Joe, we're here to celebrate some long overdue uh, celebrations today. We put this off as long as possible. Well, I mean, yeah, I checked. It was literally not possible to put it off any longer. No, no. We would have um, had to dissolve the podcast in shame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Since it is now Q2 of 2018, we are going to review the music of Q3 and Q4 of uh, 2017. Because we just we just dropped the ball. I mean, it, um, people it is got our... sick, and there was travel, and yeah, uh, you know, we, we went on hiatus for a month. So I feel okay about it. Yeah, um, well, we did. Uh, you know, it is our philosophy to um, you know not uh, react uh, with hot takes. Um, that is true. And, and these instead, takes are cold. Yeah, they're cool. Considered. Mm-hmm. Um, Frosty. So, because we did two quarters at once, uh, we each picked uh, six albums to talk about, uh, which I think is a good amount. Um, and yeah. uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Uh, there's some good stuff. Yeah, I am gonna insist on doing a very quick honorable mention roll for the Q3, Q4 albums that would have made the list if I had not if I had had my full space. Um, yeah, I've got uh, I've got a couple on my list. Some let's that... let's even do that now, so they get so they get listened to by all the people. Um, all right. So I yeah, I just want to shout out from Q three, brand new science fiction. We talked about that album at length anyway, and it's problematic. Mm. Um, uh, uh, Sudan Archives had a great self titled EP, yes. uh, featuring some lovely violin and hip hop slash dance stuff going on. So. Um, it both bounces and moves. Uh, I would I would recommend it. And Deerhoof released yet another great album in their long career called Mountain Moves, uh, featuring their signature blend of uh, uh, crazy vocals and melodic rock and uh, super awesome bouncy drums. So uh, and loved all of that. And they're super woke to uh, contradict the um, uh, the, <laughs> the brand, the new, brand new. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and do my Q4s too while we're here. Um, so, um, I greatly enjoyed, uh, King Cruel's The Ooze, despite the fact yep. that I didn't, wasn't really into King Cruel before this, but, uh, his, uh, dark jazz thing got to me this time. Um, Kurt Vile and Courtney Barnett had a, uh, I mean, really an inspired pairing. Um, they should almost just start a band. Um, but they're slacker observational uh guitar playing styles merged very well on a lot of sea lice 
And I, I was almost surprised, Joe, that that was not one of your favorite albums. It seemed so Joe. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I could we could get into it, but I, I thought it was uh, a little too uh, on the nose. But I liked it. Fair it's, it's 100% on my honorable mention. And may if we'd fair done enough. just the Q4, may have been on there. Yeah. It was on mine for just Q4. Yeah. And then lastly, um, saw a production duo from, uh, I, I haven't looked at their details in a while. They might be from Jamaica called Equinox with three X's on mm. the end and a K in there. Uh, had an album called Cologne Man, uh, C-O-L-O-N, uh, so colon, but there's an accent that makes it not the body part. Um, uh, that is some quality electronic production uh, that I liked a lot. That there album just sounds too cool and young for us. <laughs> I just I just feel like uh, we passed the point where we can like uh, a band, an album named something like that. Maybe for you, Joe. Maybe for you. <laughs> um, obscure enough for me. So there you go. True. Uh, go ahead with yours. Uh, I only have a few. Um, uh, Dent Maze Across the Multiverse is a really mm-hmm. fun album. Uh, had trouble um, deciding whether to put that on here or not. Um, uh, surf- Definitely a few great tracks on that one. Yes, Go uh, Surf Bort's uh, "Bort to Death" uh, is a really <laughs> fucking good EP uh, that was going to be on my best of of Q3, no doubt. Uh, but um, uh, d- just didn't have room for it in this uh, configuration. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that I, um, you know. I I I don't think it would have ever made any of these lists, but uh, Ogilala was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. is it? It was under consideration, under heavy consideration. Um, for I thought best, about it. Best of a quarter. Um, yeah, that's our Smashing Pumpkins reference. Everybody, we're done. With yes, it now. we are back in. done. Um, and uh, yeah, actually, I think I think that's pretty much it because I think uh, you know Kurt Vile uh, and Courtney Burnett and then King Cruel uh, were also. Mm-hmm on my honorable mention. I don't think there was, um, I don't think there was anything else. Uh, cause porches came out, uh, at the beginning of 2018. So they're not on there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. We could still talk about them on one of these podcasts in two no. weeks when it's due. We, co- <laughs> <laughs> we really good. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, yeah, that's our that's our near misses who would have uh, gotten their full due if we weren't so lazy. Um, give us give us the people good enough to pierce our indolence. Oh wait, I have one more actually. I oh, yeah. I lied. I totally lied. Um, Rostam's Half Light. Um, yeah. was one that I, I that was actually really strongly uh, maybe maybe the the toughest cut for me because um, I like Rostam. He's obviously. Uh, responsible for the sound of many important songs in my mm-hmm. collection, if you will. But I thought his album was um, it was on that theme of two on the nose. It was too Rostam at times. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was overwhelmed by the Rostamosity. <laughs> Rostamity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, we're all kind of like the instrumentation is too twee. <laughs> I I totally get that. I feel like there is like I I feel like you I like Rostam. I feel uh on his in his solo career I don't think he's quite reached the heights that await him. Um of 
of of I don't know. Just there, there's another level for him. So uh, yeah, I whenever whenever he produces for someone else, he uh, fucking rules. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He there's a cover on Spotify. His cover of Pink Moon is surprisingly oh, good. Oh damn! Yeah, I will look for that. It's a good song for him. Um, Paul, you were telling me to get started, so I sure. will. Um, let's start with a banger. Uh, yeah. it's a, uh, it's our best re-release of the semi, what, what's a quarter, but a half year of the half year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Hiroshi Yoshimura's music for nine postcards. Um, and, uh, Paul, if you could play the song Blink. I will do that for you. Okay. Unfortunately, we had to uh, cut that off for copyright reasons before the beat dropped in, but uh, I think you got a flavor of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know they're really trolling for uh, uh, the Empire of Signs re-release, uh, boutique re-release able <laughs> definitely has, has the bots running on, uh, on we, SoundCloud. We can't afford another strike, Joe. No, we cannot. <laughs> um, Paul, this uh, uh, striking uh, and considered uh album of ambient music uh really um got to me and kept getting to me i was a little afraid you know when i put it to listen to it one more time that i was like nah, maybe i was just trying to be too cool um but i i I liked it more every time i listened to it um and i think often i kind of look for records that fit my normal listening patterns you know like am i gonna listen to this in the car you know or is it an album i'm gonna put on at work again or is it what i'll zone out to late at night after imbibing imbibing some combination of substances um Hmm. but like you know i mean it's just I, i i like albums and i when i'm you know, thinking about an album is good. I'm thinking about the way that I normally am going to listen to it. Um, but here I'm complimenting an album that, you know, might not fit that pattern. Um, you know, it's unusual work and I may not listen to it that often. You know, it might be a long time before I come back to it. Um, 
but it's you know it's it's outside my own base desire for consuming music <laughs> and instead yeah. I'm observing it from a more elevated spot um and uh you know what I like about it is you know the absolute care that has to be taken um when so much weight sin- sits upon you know a single note a single sound mm-hmm. uh, such a limited palette um you know there's no background noise there's no chorus there's no lyrics there's there's just nothing that's going to erase a little error or like hide a shortcut um so you know you you get um something that just sounds like rain in slow motion um or um or on the other hand something that's like slow core twin peaks <laughs> um <laughs> uh and uh yeah it's 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 um I think even in that little sample we heard, uh, it's um, it does have its kind of catchy and haunting uh, melodies. Um, even though it's it's um, an ambient out, or you know, I wouldn't. It's it, it may be a little bit on the um, on on our side. It might not cross over all the way to ambient, but it's it's pretty close. Um, it's it's ambient yeah, i would say yeah um there's 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 a extremely slow rhythm to it at times <laughs> um well yeah. i mean even even apex twins selected uh ambient works um often have actual beats that's so true i don't think that's, that's disqualifying that's true it's good um, um yeah. okay yeah yeah so uh this was uh, a very interesting album um it's it's the kind of thing where like you, like, I don't feel like I'm going to go back to it a lot. And for me, like that's enough to keep it off my list. But mm-hmm. when I listen to it, it is, um, it's very pleasant. It's, it's sweet. Um, that sounds like a, like a backhanded compliment, but I, I mean that it's actually really, uh, sort of touching in its smallness. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, um, I, f- I found that it was, uh, it's like it's like the best possible background music to me. Um just yeah. engaging enough that when I tune in like oh this is interesting but um never <laughs> never demanding attention. Um but I could see, you know, that for a certain kind of listener just sitting there and and I could see somebody getting deep into this and feeling all kinds of feelings from the subtle little uh compositional things going on with this type of music so i respect it even if i don't love it is what nice I say. nice excellent um yeah okay uh yeah what's next all right we're breezing through these because for the first time uh we have no co-choices partially this is because joe cheated but i did that's okay yes yeah um okay so i'm going to kick up the pace a little bit with a track from Sidney Gish's No Dogs Allowed. Set in, I'm pacing out at eleven. The 
friendly girls are trying to comfort me As if I'm a depressed chick at a frat party Two-faced bitches never lie And therefore I never lie Diagram is in triangle for me tonight Because I don't know what to say A sickness by another name Wouldn't be sweet either But with luck it would at least look much more tame Let's see how personality works Okay, that was Sin Triangle from No Dogs Allowed, as I said. So, Sydney Gish is uh, a person I had never heard of, um, probably because she's like 20. Um, so, uh, you know, um, just just getting into things now. Um, it's great just, you know, evaluating the work of people who were a baby when you were 16. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, she's, uh, she's um, remarkably polished for a 20 year old who is playing all the instruments herself on an album that I believe she also recorded herself like it's actually a fairly clean nice recording and um, she's good at all the instruments especially guitar she's a really good guitarist uh, in the pop rock mold Um, and just every corner of every song is filled with little hooks like that Um, so it's got a really good, fun pop vibe. Uh, the kids love it. Gavin, my 10 year old went out of the way, out of his way the other day to tell me that he really loves this music when I was playing it. Um, and, uh, the first track is even sort of an almost avalanche, uh, uh, redo of like an old recording about birds, um, Mm -hmm. uh, which also plays well with the kids. Um, but it's just a really good collection of sardonic pop songs. So in addition to uh, being a young, talented songwriter who uh, can play all her own music, um, she's got a really nice uh, wry uh, take on everything. So um, uh, anybody who's that jaded at 20, uh, uh, I think, is headed for big things. Um, so uh, a fine debut by Sydney Gish, if you ask me. Yeah, wow! I can't believe this is. Uh, it it does seem a little more mature than a debut. To yeah. me, I mean, it's it's uh, really um, confident in its its personality. Um, yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, I I mean, I love this album, um, and I, it's funny that I actually like. Uh, I may have picked it myself, but. Uh, um, I really hadn't heard it until a few weeks ago. I actually heard that song Sin Triangle uh, on the radio um, and uh, kind of went back and found that this had come out at the um, uh, on the last day of 2017 um, <laughs> and uh, then was pleased to see it was on your list. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's by the way, um, I totally shared this to, with you via IM and you complained about its shitty MS Paint cover. Um but I did. Okay. And now um, <laughs> I uh, the second time I saw it, um, I actually kind of love that cover. Uh, it's got that MS Paint <laughs> 90s style uh, throwaway. Um, I actually wrote that. Um, ah. uh, it's uh, it's fun and it's fun and clever. The, um, yeah. You know, I would describe her as a Frankie Cosmos who isn't uh, eternally too depressed to cry. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's hard to find singer-songwriter music you can dance to 
I think that's her strength, uh, along with her very clever uh, lyrics um, and her well-produced, uh, you know, bleep-blop instrumentation behind her <laughs> uh, guitar, whether it's just a little, you know, throwaway rhythm section or some dinky keyboards. Uh, they go yeah. really well uh, with her um wandering through walmart having imposter syndrome um (laughs) i really like the song where the sidewalk ends uh, where she sings very thoughtfully about her desire to find a clarity of intention in a friendship or relationship where no clarity could possibly exist it's just and and she makes it happy (laughs) uh this sort of indecisive morass and um you know that's uh it's a, it's a special thing in a songwriter when she can make you kind of rejoice in uh, the uh, absolute confusion of being human. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Good good on you, Sydney. Thank you. Sydney uh, Gish. Yes. Yeah, not you. Because I am Sydney Gish. Not you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that uh, would be cool. Frankie... That, maybe you are Sydney Gish. <laughs> that would be the... That would be an awfully creepy alter ego to take on. Like... Yes. Yes. At this point, Yes. <laughs> Um uh yeah, Frankie Cosmos has a good comp. Um mine was uh uh Colleen Green without so much weed. Um but uh yeah, uh the same sort of just like looking askance at the world through pop rock type of thing. Um okay. Joe, what do you have for us next? Uh let's see. What should we do next here? Um let's do Yeji. All right. EP2. Which song would you like? Uh hit me with Rain Girl. Uh. Rain make it rain girl make it. So Yeji's short, that's an EP, so it's it's short. Uh, It's only (laughs) five songs? Yes. Something like that, yeah. Um, So we talked about Yeji earlier. I think we opened one of our episodes with her Drink I'm Sippin' On, uh, Mm -hmm. probably my other favorite song from um, this little collection. Um, And there we discussed her as being a, a debate team 
<laughs> uh, member just who has now who's now blowing up the club, um, yeah. which is still the impression I get. Um, number one, I defend this album because um, when I included it on my year end mixtape, uh, our friend Phil went out of the way to uh, tell me how much he liked Yeji and how he was listening to her all the time now. Um, so no M- MC could receive a possibly higher compliment than that. Uh, <laughs> oh, did he, did he know about Yeji already, or did you introduce him to? No, Yeji? I, I introduced him to Yeji. So yeah, I feel particularly it's, it's good pretty about Phil. That. Yes, he likes he likes that type of electronic music. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's uh, got a. Um, she's pretty low key. You know, the beats aren't uh, complex. Um, they're not sort of this. Um, weeded out symphony symphony of bass like you know is is popular in in uh, a, a lot of the rap i i love these days um you know mm-hmm. kind of the opposite of of something like what you'd hear uh lp do and run the jewels um uh and uh but i like that here i like you know i i do think this album is sort of sort of an eight out of ten in a good way it's just to me, it's fun. It's really good. Her lyrics are um, playful, but they're not silly. Uh, she seems she really comes at it. Um, uh, I'm gonna look up the one from the chorus of "Rain Girl" real quick here, just because I enjoy it so much. I don't want to get it wrong. Um, dun, dun, dun. Uh, when the sweaty walls are banging, I don't fuck with family planning. Make it rain, girl. Make it rain. Um, that's aggressive. Yeah. Does that mean she insists on uh, the man wearing protection, or she doesn't care about protection? Um, she because I genius- take family planning to be a reference to sex. Yeah, I think she's saying that um, when. Uh, she's saying that when she is aroused, she doesn't bother with family planning. Okay. So no yeah. time to put the condom on. See, I was thinking, you know, the family planning method is uh, don't do it on your when you're ovulating. Um, so I was saying, wow, that maybe... is way, just way <laughs> too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, I'm always trying to be yeah. super precise about everything. <laughs> <laughs> my bad <laughs> that's not family planning that's the the rhythm method you're right yeah that's what I, I maybe call it's called that. natural maybe that's called natural family planning there's yes. some yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 um anyway, anyway. Uh, that has nothing to do yeji uh she's a fine mc um and if you liked what you're for brain girl yes of course um mm-hmm. then you will enjoy her um her work yeah. So I also had a friend, a colleague, um, independently uh, ask me about Yeji. I had not discussed Yeji with anybody at work. Um, uh, she was curious um, what the name for this style was. And um, I believe this is the first uh, house album that I have ever listened to that I uh, cared to listen to again. So um, uh Congratulations to Yeji for that. There's something more engaging about her than the typical uh, high-end club sounding or, you know, like uh, a lobby of a fancy resort hotel sounding mm-hmm. uh, uh, house music that we get here. So, yeah, I don't know whether it's her sort of um, youthful insouciance or uh, or what, but usually with house, I'm like, this is pleasant enough background music, but this is actually uh, fun. Um, so, uh, 
yeah, Yeji, maybe there'll be an album, but you know, she's a dance musician. Maybe it's just going to be a long series of EPs and singles and stuff, which would be great too. So it must be uh, some particular kind of house. Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, there exists Micro House and Tropical House, and uh, I'm sure a couple dozen other modifier plus the word house uh, genres of uh, electronic music. But um, like I said, they're mostly all boring to me, so I don't know what they are. <laughs> I think I think her. Well, I would say that I think her music, her house music, has a lot more uh, hip hop influence than the typical house album i mean i just from what i've listened to before it doesn't that may be just the fact that she's rapping on top of it is i think more hip-hop than most house music yes Um, totally so yeah okay paul what's next let me keep it let me let's go with micaiah mccraven's highly rare all right yeah That was Above and Beyond from Highly Rare by Micaiah McCraven, who is a uh, drummer slash jazz band leader slash producer who produced this album. Um, I don't know when it originally came out, but it was released like, okay, it was was originally recorded November 16, um, but it was released uh, about a year later. Um, to the uh, public. So um, it was, uh, as you heard there, it's pretty lo-fi, um, but it's a little jazz ensemble with him on drums and a bunch of other guys who might mean something to you if you're in the Chicago jazz scene, but their names are entirely obscure to me. Um, but they played it, uh, it was all recorded live, uh, at a dive bar in Chicago called Danny's Tavern, which is now a place that I totally want to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it's a famous DJ battleground site, but not a famous live band site. Um, and uh, yeah, um, so you know, with improvisational music and lo-fi live recordings, um, a lot of things can go wrong. But um, there's just so much hip hop. Uh, bounce to these jazz improvisations um, that I am fully on board. Um, I played the I played Above and Beyond because it's the most sort of immediate 
uh, uh, bouncy song on the album. But the one I want to talk about is a song called uh, Left Fields from later on. It's uh, 11 and a half minutes long, which mm. is, um, you know, that can go either way. And honestly, for the first couple minutes, like the last time I listened to it, I was, uh, my patience was tried. I was like, did I really, did I really have an album or a song this long and aimless in the middle of an album that I picked as one of my best? Um, but then, uh, you know, it's just sort of like, uh, just like psychedelic in the way that a lot of psychedelic music is kind of interesting, but also not really going anywhere and sort of boring. A lot of sproing guitar and uh, some weird guy just like wailing wordlessly in the background. And it goes on like that for a minute. Um, and then, uh, but then uh, finally this soprano sax um, or maybe a clarinet, I'm not sure because it's so lo-fi um, uh, starts twirling a little melody uh to the side and it's uh immediately uh pretty engaging just uh you know very uh, improvised but very clever uh moving all around and then um a few more minutes of that it's now more engaging and then all of a sudden the fucking beat just surges to life and it becomes this furnace that's powering the whole song uh with the other instruments just sort of like dancing like flames on top of it um so we've got the the sax continues um doing its thing for a while it's uh energetic uh moving all around and then that gives way to the uh vocal uh weirdo from before who's wailing now but it's way more awesome with this incredibly uh powerful beat just raging beneath it and then that gives way to a lower sax maybe uh maybe an alto um uh, that actually mirrors the lyrics and it all goes on from there and uh, just burns it down to the ground eventually. Um, and pretty much the whole like last eight minutes of the song, um, I'm going nuts because uh, the power of McRaven's drumming is uh, like that. So, um, you know, there are some uh, moments as with any uh, improvised live recording where maybe it doesn't all totally work, although I believe it was edited heavily after the fact. Um, but the high points of this album, um, pretty much just like make me, you know, levitate above the ground. Uh, I'm all for it. Yes, I am all for it as well. Uh, I need say no more or less than this. Uh, hella jams, man. Hella jams. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. All I want is, is hella jams. Um, I don't. Yeah, I I really that is uh, if you like jams, if you like beats, just you like beats. Listen mm-hmm. to this album. It's uh, it's yeah. the it's the pure heart of the beat. <laughs> um, I don't know. Your, you can get your dope hip hop beats with a lot of uh, clever jazz on top, so you can yes. feel better about yourself. Yeah, you know, anyway, I don't. I mean, I you know, I do. I, I I like to think I know about a fair bit about jazz, but I really don't know enough about you know uh, contemporary jazz to uh, offer an in depth analysis of this uh, better than what you just said. Uh, there's a lot of layers to it. Um, it at times, um, you know gets into uh, what's close to kind of like free jazz, but then uh, his amazing drumming uh, mm-hmm. comes and, and controls it all. So uh, yeah. it's, it's um, a really great album. Uh, cool. I was, I was dancing to it with Gabe. So there you go. <laughs> Excellent. And he's one. Yeah. 
I, I am not a big enough jazz aficionado to precisely place this in the uh, in the jazz uh, micro genre spectrum, but I would say free jazz uh, is the f- term that comes to mind, and that's the kind of jazz I like. Um, although sometimes free jazz just like has no structure whatsoever, and the the beat adds a lot of that here. Yeah, but uh, y- yeah, it's the the guys go wild. That's the part of jazz that I like. Um, anyway, I would say uh, I I had this weird urge for. Uh, uh, Jay Mascus to play on top of one of these tracks. I don't oh, know why. God, yes. It'd be that so would fucking rule. cool. Well, no, he's another improvisational master. Um, and uh, this this would take uh, some heavily distorted guitar pretty well. That would that would absolutely rule. Uh, yeah. All right. you know, okay, so actually, I, I have to go back. I think that this is sort of like the bebop style. I think the bebop style ah. of jazz um, that like... Charlie Parker played where it's okay. s- extremely fast at times. Um, like the, the, the sax or the clarinet or whatever. I don't know though. <laughs> Let's go with that. Okay. It, you convinced me. You talked me into it. Yes. Um, all right. Um, What's next, Joe? Looking at the list here. Uh, let's listen to, a uh, track from Bullies Losing. All right. Okay, that was the opening track um, from Bully's album "Losing." Um, mm-hmm. Paul uh, somehow uh, this is the um, only girl grunge rock album on <laughs> our list. Yeah, for a full half year, that's that's unlikely. It's, it's um, impressive. Perhaps we're tacking. Uh, purposefully in the other direction i mean i do feel like sometimes when i listen to them i'm like okay this is gonna my standards are raised for that style of music yeah at this point well that's so what made it stand out to you yeah that's a good that's a good um intro to this because you know i did kind of come into this album thinking okay you know i love this kind of music uh these days and i loved the previous bully album too yeah girl girl yelling over guitars um and this one i just kept listening to it and i kept liking it more and more um it did not have 
Uh, it didn't fall back into any of these sort of easy uh, grunge stereotypes um, that some bands uh, rely hmm. on. Um, and instead, like um, like their previous album, uh, is just propelled by honest emotion. Um, I really uh, enjoy uh, the feverishness of uh, the lead singer. Um, her name is Alicia Bagnano. Um <laughs> Uh, and the way that she seems uh, takes every song um, a few levels up uh, as soon as she gets into it. Um, and it feels uh, honest and raw and pure. Um, and the songs are generally pretty sh- like they're all almost all under all like three, two or three minutes long. Um, so, you know, it doesn't feel like they ever stick around with an idea too long. Um and I think that the overall effect is one of a, um, a highly empathetic character that mm. uh, is experiencing a lot of angst, but you're not just kind of taking that angst and using it for yourself. Uh, you really, this album um, is more thoughtful and more original to the point that you're really kind of interested uh, in the, you know, brief uh, stories of anguish on each track. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I don't have a lot to add. I think you just nailed it. It's a, it's a fine example of the form we've been flogging for the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, if it's, it's great rock music and uh, uh, you described it well. Um, I don't have anything to disagree with or embellish. That's that's that bully. Yeah. Keep uh, keep bullying. Yeah, good work. Once right. again in the finals. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, get excited. Speedy Ortiz has an album coming out in a couple weeks. So I like the we'll I I like the first single. Yeah, I haven't listened yet. I decided I would I would wait for the album with this one. Yes. Um. All right. Okay, I'm gonna take us right into the next album. And the one I will choose is Milo, who told you to think. All right. Many question marks and exclamation points. My transmissions began when Diamond said to Cole, why so yielding? A journey. The valley of quest, the valley of love, the valley of understanding, the valley of independence, the valley of unity, the valley of astonishment, the valley of deprivation, the quest. Left home in search of where the orchid grows Found a lotus pond in Echo Park and got confused Met an Aristotelian and got depressing about his awkward views Why you so quick to divide, so hasty divides and cut in two Knowing it's impolite to Terry, I went about my way And I don't like scary niggas, so I ain't been around the way Picking spinach on my teeth from the flooring <laughs> 
hold his notebook like an advanced new camera The panorama makes me some kind of past master Gawking at the pastor as I pen this inhales The howitzer in the garden of my mind It isn't always so reliable Earthworm Nimrod preaching about survival And the orchestral nature of chaos Lurking in the numbers, burping to number How gracefully he fidgets with the ephemeral A peon wrote this with the stalk of a peony and a collar of primitive thud Posing by a bust of Pericles eating fudge Sun officiating, the gooby fashion Seeing his hands fasten round the ruby hill to that old rusty scimitar Speaking time-tested coda who the other rhythm wizards are God bless the soul of whoever you think you are God bless the soul of whoever you think you are God bless the soul of whoever you thought you was Cause it, cause it might not be no next time Cause it might not be no next time. That was uh, Magician uh, Parenthesis Suture by Milo, um, which I couldn't resist letting play all the way through because it's only two something minutes long. Um, anyway, so uh, Milo is a dude from Maine, apparently. Who uh, I think would fit fairly clearly into the backpack rap uh, genre, uh, sort of self-consciously smart guys who talk about how smart they are. Um, and the danger with a lot of those guys is that their music ends up feeling sort of sterile. But Milo, who does his own production, to me, uh, does not have that problem at all. Uh, that song in particular, but really a lot of them, um, have beats that I just love, uh, combining just like sort of fast, energetic uh, drums and, um, you know, sort of more mournful uh, without being lugubrious uh, instrumental elements. And then on top of that, um, he spins, uh, his lyrics are just, uh, I, I really dig these kinds of lyrics. Um, now, at first I was sort of like, well, you know, like a lot of rappers, he's, uh, you know, he, he spends a lot of time actually talking about how different from other rappers he is. Um, there's a line on one of the tracks, uh, like, why your favorite rapper always talking about her business acumen like we asked him? Um, or why your favorite <laughs> rapper always talking about his brands or whatever he said, like we asked him. And uh, uh, first of all, he's mistaken. Uh, the public definitely does want to hear people rap about luxury brands. Mm-hmm. That's all that they seem to respond to. So um, you, Milo and I may not have asked or care, but uh, everybody else seems to, uh, unfortunately. But um, that's what's uh, that's what's Gucci, Milo. That's what's Gucci. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so you know, I was I was dealing with the tension of the fact that he's still sort of rapping about how he's rapping a lot. And it made me actually have an epiphany uh, when I was listening to this um, that really uh, maybe I should just accept that rap as a form actually is about uh, exploring the rapper's persona. Like that's mainly what mm. people do in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so the technique yeah. though is to describe how you are in a style that matches it. So p- guys who rap about what badass gangsters they are rap in a very badass style. You know, they, they use badass language and metaphors and delivery and everything. So, um, and you know, there, there are plenty of different ways you can do this. Like I was, I, I immediately started placing, uh, 
figuring out the sort of like primary characteristic of various rappers and how they rap in that way. And so for instance, like I decided Kendrick Lamar's is wisdom. Hmm. Um, but so Milo's is intelligence, I would say, which I would differentiate from wisdom a little bit. Um, and what that means is that he ends up rapping about how smart he is a lot, um, or how much smarter he is. Um, but he does it with really smart lyrics. He has to do it in that style and he pulls it off. Like he uses, yeah, a lot of big words. They're very dense. And uh, it's actually impressive how often, how well he's able to make the flow go um, while doing that. By the way, uh, yeah. I decided that for Cool AD, his primary characteristic is that he is far out. So he raps in a very far <laughs> out style. Well, um, you, you know, when you're thinking about that, that there are, that's a good point about rappers, you know, rapping towards their personality and towards that style. And, you know, some of the best rappers are, their personalities are utterly unique. So, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to like Andre 3000 or like MF Doom, they're just, they, they just have their own thing. Or even Kendrick, they have their own thing where there's, you know, a lot of the rappers on the one peg below, um, yeah. you know, fit in uh, a general genre of rap where that's very true. They are, you know, they have a personality where they like to flaunt it. You know, they're, they're kind of, um, they're fitting in a style that's good for listing all the luxury goods that they have. Yeah. And they spend a lot of time like explicitly saying, I am this way. This is how yes. I am. Yes. <laughs> you know? Um, and in her so, couplets. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's sort of funny because it's just like, you know, it's a lot of uh, uh, telling, not showing, but I guess that's just the genre. Yeah. Um, I, you have to fill a lot of words, so I guess you, yeah. you got to do it. Yeah. Um, so for but, Milo, uh, uh, yeah. for Milo, I mean, you know, he to me is kind of like that friend uh, who um, we all have a few fe- have a few friends, or maybe they've grown up from this by now. Maybe they've grown out of this by now. I don't know, but you know, these friends who like whenever you know they had like some little drama with a a, a significant other with a girl that was just like the biggest deal in the world and you had to hear this whole elaborate story about it and you just or just whatever's <laughs> going on in their life you know they just like wax poetic upon it as though it's a, a great tragedy or a great um, yeah. conflagration uh, but you know when they do it they do it in such a compelling way and they bring you into the story you know and, and make you like feel like you're their confidant that you just really kind of go along with it and you're like yeah yeah okay I'll sit here and listen for 20 minutes as you talk about <laughs> you know how this girl didn't call you back you know and what that means um, and you know I feel that Milo's he, he's kind of like that I mean like you know that might be a way to describe a lot of backpack rappers, but for him in particular, I feel like he was taking himself, you know, too seriously, but I found that charming and, um, it, it was just his personality. Um, and it it made this, um, kind of fun to listen to, even though at times you're like, Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, he's definitely bummed out about the world. Um, but it's the, it's energetic enough that uh, I can go along with it. And, and also, I mean, what you said is correct. And basically I just, he's actually smart enough to pull it off, which, Mm -hmm. you know, plenty of people who would try something like that are not. Um, but, uh, yeah, that pretty much gets to it. I mean, just, just being able to rap a line, like how gracefully he fidgets with the ephemeral, uh, which is a good poetry line, but he's actually able to rap it pretty well. Um, I'm I'm very impressed, and uh, I hope you, I'm glad you like it too because you're probably going to get his follow up album in the Q1 review. Um, so yeah, 
uh, excellent. <laughs> I can't that he goes by for, more for that album. He goes under his uh, name. What Scallops will he get Hotel. into next? <laughs> exactly. He goes by his name Scallops <laughs> Hotel, which is a, apparently a riff on Clams Casino, which cracks me up for sure. <laughs> That's um, excellent. <laughs> anyway, uh, Milo, there you have it. Okay, so what's next? Um, let's talk about um, let's talk about the blows, brand new abyss. All right, uh, if you could play, get up, please. Get on up. Get on up. Okay, what's your location? I'm right here, habitating in a human form on planet Earth where I was born. And I like it here, I do, though. People tell me that this place is through, but F that, man, I just got here. No one exists who's not here. This is the only place anyone is, and I will admit, maybe I'm only here a bit. Some parts of me don't fit here. They go bulging out into the ether. It's like the front of my face is all that really gets to be here But I wanna come through, persist I'm gonna form all my cells into the shape of a fist I'll be going at the air until there's room to exist I'm gonna get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up That was Get Up by The Blow from their album, Brand New Abyss. The Blow um, uh, started uh, in the early, early 2000s by Kayla Marichich. Um, uh, originally, uh, it's a two-person band. Originally, the other person was Jonah Bechtolt, who uh, is also a member of Yacht, uh, which is why Early Blow um, also had uh, killer beats. Um uh, their classic song parentheses is one of my favorite pop songs from the two thousands. Um, but now oh, I remember that song now. Heck okay. yeah. Go, yeah. Go ahead. Um, uh, and, um, uh, I have to say, uh, that ever since then, the band's always kind of fascinated me. And I think that, you know, as I, I looked into them a little more, uh, when uh, this album came out, Brand New Abyss, um, it's because it's the it's not entirely a band. Uh, she's always kind of also conceived of it as a performance art project uh, with like art and poetry and like performance stage performance involved. Um, you know, and even though they're like sort of recorded output has been more traditionally um, what you know what you would call a. a, a you know, electro pop, um, there's this edge to it that is really, um, um, you know, coffee house, if you will, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which not necessarily, a, a compliment by itself, but I think on this album and in this song, you see how, um, you know, I think a, a little the way Sidney Gish does, um, there's this, 
really enticing way that insecurity and doubt about you know contemporary life the digital age um gender fluidity you know sexual awakenings all of this is turned into uh kind of boppy and propulsive pop songs um pulpy pop songs even (laughs) uh and you know on this album in particular one of the great things is that you know, her voice is the primary instrument. I mean, a lot of the songs, the beat barely exists. Um, There's just maybe like one or two sounds, um, really well produced, um, but still it's about her, um, her singing, um, which in some, in some cases it's, it's right on the edge of, of spoken word. Uh, and, um, what can I say? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an album I like listening to, uh, walking from the bus to the office in the morning to kind of get into, uh, some sort of, uh, quasi positive headspace before I look (laughs) at my first spreadsheet. Well, Joe, um, uh, when you named this album to your best of list, Uh I was, and I looked up what it was. I was extremely excited. Um, because finally I have a chance to tell you that an album that you picked sucks. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not completely awful. Uh, it's, I would say many of the songs on this album are listenable. Um, but, um, uh, uh, you know, I like, could, when yeah. you, <laughs> let, let me elaborate that you could, I, I'm having fun with this. Sorry. Um, uh, but, uh, the, um, you know, you like that song is actually decent, and the one before it, um, uh, "Everything You Want Her to Be," also decent. Uh, clever lyrics, even uh, that are funny and make me laugh. Mm-hmm. But then you have songs like their fucking cover of "The Greatest Love of All," which was a god awful song to begin with, and <laughs> is even worse here. Um, it, just the worst fucking lyrics I've ever heard in my life. Um, uh, you know, the children are our future. You know, you know when children have been our future, Joe? Throughout human history. And look what that's brought us. Um, but uh, beyond that, I mean, just uh, also Peaceful Easy Feeling, another cover at the beginning, not an improvement on the bad original. Um, but uh, I, I have to take issue with the description of this as boppy, propulsive pop songs. I found them um, leaden and aimless, mostly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it felt like, uh, for the most part, for too many moments, maybe not all of them, but too many, it felt like somebody just, uh, trying out since for the first time and not really doing anything very interesting with them. Hmm. Um, and also her voice being the main instrument, like I find her voice utterly uncompelling, uh, speak singing generally isn't that big of a deal, that exciting to me. And her voice just seems sort of flat. Um, so I I'm sorry to uh, be mean about this, but uh, I I cannot get down with this album. Interesting. Well, I don't I don't really have any response. I don't wasn't really prepared <laughs> to defend it. <laughs> well, you you gave your case. You know, I mean, I've just, I, I I've kind of liked them I, for like since 2001. So I don't know. It's hard to say whether yeah. my 
it's hard. It's that was a long time ago, so I don't. I can't really like go back and kind of separate this from, uh, yeah, having liked them well, for a long time. Parentheses is a legitimately great song. Like I loved that song at the time. I had actually forgotten about it. Yes, but once yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it yeah, yeah, immediately yeah. popped back into my head. Yeah. Um, uh, also, because there's a mainstream song like a few years after it that I swear to God was ripping it off. Uh, it sounded so similar. I thought it was them, but it wasn't. There was. I um, think I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. That did yeah. get ripped off somewhere. Because I, da, 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 I wish I could sing, and then you would understand which song I was trying to. Uh, yeah, yell I don't at know you which one Skype. that is. <laughs> yeah, um, but anyway, um, you know, I still love and respect you, but. Uh, uh, for once, we have something we can really disagree on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you don't. You tend to not like song, like songs or bands that like don't really pass a certain uh, barrier of rhythm. You know, I yeah, mean, to they, some it, extent, it's like if if a band is trying to be pop, it's like not trying to be like. I mean, you know, super like uh, you know, slow and symphonic. Um, I feel like you don't yeah. like it when they. Uh, when the beats are not the primary um, concern of that's of those that's certainly a, a characteristic, but I don't think it's required. Um, I mean, for me, just like the the other elements also didn't do anything for me here. But you know, I part of it is also just I didn't realize that the greatest love of all was a cover because I don't know about pop songs. Um, and the first time I heard it, I was just like, oh dear God, what the fuck is this shit? Um, finding out it was a cover made it slightly better. At least they didn't come up with that. True. But, yes. Um, <laughs> but still not a decision that I understand. Um, so anyway, I don't want to be, I've been mean enough. That's all I have to say. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're, um, you know, a, uh, uh, it, they, they have that coffee house vibe which is um impossible to you either have to accept it fully or it's gonna yeah. completely turn you off by these sort of like mfa is the the uh style i'm trying to describe people in a grand uh, program yes. oh very much so yes um, and yes. i don't really like that either yes um, you know next time i exposed to a lot of that <laughs> absolutely um Next time I, I'm planning to disagree with you, I'll give you more advance warning. I thought it'd be fun to spring my dislike on you. but uh, Yeah, it's too bad. Although uh, I don't think even with warning, I would have been able to do much for this album. Kind of like, well, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. It's not like uh, it's not like some other things we've disagreed on where I have a full-throated defense. Um, yeah. my, my one offense is that I, I found myself when I've – and it's funny. I was actually going to mention this before – I knew you didn't like this is that when I was looking at this list, I just found myself more compelled to like put the albums on here that were most interesting to me this quarter rather than going through and trying to like pretend that I'd listened to enough music to say these were the best albums of the quarter or the the half quarter, um, which I think just reflects like the, uh, uh, probably the volume of good of awesome music I need per quarter is yeah not extremely high um but yeah. anyway that's it just I think that this album is more on this list because I found it particularly interesting um uh rather than um 
some mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a fine criteria. This album. I, I think of this as my list of my favorite albums, the ones that connected to me the most. So true. Yes, it's as still opposed that. to some objective list of the best. You know. Yes, it's still that. It's still that. Um, but yeah. uh, that it gets into why um, why albums stick with you. Um, uh, cool. Shall we move on? Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Let's do uh, Circuit des Yeux uh, with Reaching for Indigo. Oh, okay. Okay, that was Brain Shift from Reaching for Indigo by Circuit Des Yeux, whom I have definitely mentioned many times on this podcast, uh, particularly um, because I love uh, Lithonia, a track from two albums ago by her. Um, was this the album so, that uh, we couldn't find the lyrics to a song from like, very, in, on a pr- it, previous it, episode? It, that, that Lithonia, the song I just mentioned, was the, that song, yes. Yes, okay, I was trying to remember. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't tried to find the lyrics for this one, so I don't know if they're out there or not. Um, but that does get to the point that she is um, extraordinarily uh, obscure. And I really don't understand why. I mean, I keep bringing her up partially because I find it mystifying that she hasn't gotten some sort of uh, at least indie momentum. Like, I, she's obviously never going to be a mainstream star then wouldn't probably want to be. Um, but you know, I'm going to stand for any artist who ever walked in on me in the bathroom. Um, I mean, she gets, she got an 8.2 for this album on Pitchfork. So I, yeah, but like, you know, again, when I went to see her, like I was possibly the only paying member of the audience. Um, and, uh, you know, there was some publicity around this album. There were articles written about it. It's, uh, inspired by a, uh, psychedelic trip she took which uh, explains the the first lyric is brain shift. Uh, You forgot what it was you were trying to do or whatever. Uh, The immediate lyric after that is, Um, but this album is another iteration of her giving us uh, her combination of um, interesting songwriting, widely varying instruments and sounds. um, And above all uh, her incredible 
voice, which is one of my favorite voices in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, any deep voice woman in any medium uh, uh, attracts me. Scarlett Johansson is a big favorite. But um, uh, the way she can sing low, um, but also just fucking wail when she wants to. Uh, wonderful pitch, uh, vibrato, all that stuff, phrasing. Um, her voice really moves me in a way that few vocalists phrasing. do. Um you know, I'm not usually looking for vocal virtuosity out of my music, but uh, she delivers it. And uh, the fact that her music is really weirdly beautiful and also sort of disturbing at the same time uh, really helps. Um, the only thing I'll say uh, against this album is uh, that it sounds like it was recorded in a closet, um, which is a shame because she's got a really wide sonic palette. So um, maybe it was intentional because I know she is into lo-fi. Um, but maybe also, uh, she's just criminally underrated and nobody has given her the budget she deserves to really, uh, go nuts. Um, I think she should be given all of the best equipment and, uh, then we could get the, uh, Haley four experience at its best. Um, yes. Uh, I, I agree on her voice. Um, I think she sounds to me at times I got such a strong Nico vibe, uh, that yeah. it almost seemed intentional. Um, that again, was my first reaction when I listened to her first album. Was like, yes. oh my god, modern Nico. <laughs> again, uh, you would. I want to reinforce that you would very much like at least the Nico songs on the Velvet Underground and Nico if you like uh-huh. this album. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, but. Um, yeah, you know, I, this album is so well, it's, it's beautiful music. Uh, Everything you've played from her, I've really enjoyed. Um, and this was no exception. Uh, it was, um, I I thought it was even, you know, pretty well, uh, produced and put together. I mean, I think that there was a, um, variety among the songs that, um, kept me kind of, uh, going up and down with each one, you know, I kind of thought, okay, the first one's different. It's going to like kind of, then the album's going to kind of settle out, but it kept, you know, um, the instrumentation and the flow of the songs really varied a lot. Um, and that makes it more of a, um, the palette makes it more of a, um, uh, epic, um, than it might otherwise be. Um, and, uh, you know, the only thing that I think that kind of, got in my brain a little bit is that it it seemed to have that mid 2000s indie rock thing where it's um the the overall just speed and rhythm of the songs is kind of like halfway between <laughs> rock or like sad you yeah. know emo uh you know four track closet indie um, where you're kind of like, okay, this is rock music, but it's just kind of, it's slightly plodding at times, um, which I think does uh, maybe a slight disservice to her uh, prodigious talents as a uh, singer. Um, So that, that was the only thing I kind of wanted it to kind of go one way or the other. Um, Yeah. uh, As I, even though I just complimented it for having a lot of variety. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, she doesn't go, um, she doesn't rock out ever really, but she does get weird and stormy. Um, and those are the parts where the, the 
poor recording environment sort of bug me. Like just uh, the second track has a part where the drums are going crazy, but all the cymbals sound like they've been high filtered down to like 8,000 hertz or something. Um, or low pass filter, I should say. Um, so that's my only complaint. And I get what you're saying. That particular thing just uh, uh, never occurred to me as a problem. So there you go. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, What's sh- next? Uh, let's see. What do we have? Uh, what's left? How many? Da, 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 da. You got cigarettes after sex or Daniel Loopy? Well, we're going to save the my memorial picked it a quarter late uh, pick to the end. So let's do Daniel Loopy's uh, Milano. All right. Soul and Cigarette by Parquet Courts, Daniele Lupi et al. Yes. Um, uh, Daniel Lupi, he is a uh, film uh, composer and a uh, dance and pop music producer um, who uh, I, I'm not an expert, but I guess apparently occasionally releases uh, an album of his own pop music, um, uh, including this one. Um, he's Italian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just seems Italian. The music seems so Italian. Italian to me. Um, and uh, uh, I don't... Um, uh, to me, th- this appeals to me because it feels like it's going to soundtrack like a Sofia Coppola movie or something like, mm-hmm. you know, something along those lines. And it just... Uh, the result is just music you could listen to anytime, anywhere, in any situation. It's just kind of cool and laid back. Um, uh, This is kind of going immediately closing the gap with the Sofia Coppola comment, but it's also reminds me a lot of Phoenix, um, which maybe they're, uh, uh, you know, the, the world's most 
a critically acceptable pop rock band. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's probably true, actually. (laughs) But, um, you know, this album, of course, is uh, powered or made um, uh, absolutely delightful uh, through the um, contributions of Parquet Courts and Karen O. Um, uh, Parquet Courts here represented, I think, solely by Andrew Savage. Um, uh, I'm not sure oh. if the rest of the band was involved. I just assumed Parquet Courts was playing everything. Um, yeah, I don't know how that works actually. If he was, if he was sort of how much they were, they were all playing it or. Um, on Spotify, it's it's co-credited to them and yeah, him. that seems like a change actually from the last time I looked at it on Spotify, which I oh. don't know. A- yeah, anyway. and I don't know, I don't know how much the Pitchfork reviewer knew, but he he kept being like, "You can't even tell this is a Daniel Loopy thing. It's just Karen O plus Parquet Courts." Um, so um, I don't actually know, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I guess I guess the 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 you know the. Um, uh, the Andrew Savage's voice is really uh, so yeah. one of my favorite voices um, out there. Um, his buckaroo uh, <laughs> bass is just, um, you know, uh, to me really reminds me as he sings about many of his songs, like, you know, wandering around through the hipster parts of Brooklyn, um, you know, a little high or just, enjoying life um and uh to kind of combine that with this cool european aesthetic and um about uh uh and having karen o on 50 percent of the tracks which is just the amount right amount of, to have karen o on any album um oh, other than other than early yeah 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 <laughs> oh, okay, uh, okay this current current karen o that's just the okay. right amount of of 2010s karen o um uh, makes for a just really uh, what's uh, pleasant, but I mean pleasant as a high compliment here. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> no, this album was fun. Um, I sort of, I sort of had missed it. I mean, I must have sampled it, but I hadn't remembered it at all when you shared it with me. And uh, if it's right in that pocket of music that I like. Um, like you said, it's fun. It's got a groove. It's apparently a tribute to the uh, 1980s scene in Milan uh, in which Daniele Lupi grew up, mm. which was interesting to me because... Um, have you ever read uh, Foucault's Pendul- uh, Pendulum? I have. Because that's have. set in Milan in the 80s. So I was trying to remember back to that and put things together because they're definitely scenes of like people partying in Milan apparently it was famous as a big drinking town and like sort of uh, bohemian city at the time um, so I was trying to sort of like match these things up and that was sort of fun um, but um, yeah it's a, it's a really good album I do like you said there's a there's a real charm to Andrew Savage's voice um, just the sort of like it's it's impressive whenever somebody who can't really sing manages to be really engaging uh, as a singer, um, and he does. And Karen O is kind of the same way. Um, uh, and uh, definitely this is better than the most recent Yeah Yeah Yeahs albums. Um, so good to have her back in a sense. 
Um, and generally, yeah, I don't know if I um, uh, will keep this album close to my heart forever, but it is uh, definitely uh, a really cool, chill album um, that, uh, like you said, any situation it'll work well in. Chill, chill is a good word. Um, yeah. Probably, probably when you know when the the lead singer of Real Estate gets mad that they get called chill. I mean, he's kind of <laughs> right. This this is chill. Like this music is chill. Um, yeah. Although there's a certain you know angst to the lyrics. Um, any song called Soul and Cigarette can't be that satisfied with life. True. But um, um, I you know okay so was Foucault's Pendulum kind of a slog. Like, I mean, I got it. The point of the book was, I mean, it was interesting, very interesting. <laughs> but I felt like the book was, I was kind of like, Ugh. Yeah, so I, um, I read it, you know, well after it was published. It's, it's you know, obviously like the thinking man's uh, Dan Savage. Or not Dan Savage, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 the thinking man's Dan Brown. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Dan Savage. Uh, the thinking man's Dan Savage is the Marquis de Sade, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, anyway, uh, so um, I get what you're saying uh, in that it's like, okay, yeah, you put every conspiracy theory together. We get it. And ultimately, I thought the failing of that book was that, you know, it was, um, I forget the character's name, but the the narrator is not really the central character per se. There's this sort of like his sad friend is the central character and the the climax of the movie is um, that guy, let's just say without spoilers, becoming part of Foucault's pendulum mm-hmm. um, <laughs> or the book. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, and I didn't really buy his sort of tragic story. Um, so, yeah, I didn't it didn't reach me as a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. Um, but I actually enjoyed reading it. And, uh, I, you know, maybe just the minutia of people's idiotic conspiracy theories is interesting to me, um, especially when there's some sort of occult stuff involved. Um, so I, f- I found it enjoyable, but I did not like, and I think about it plenty. So props to it for that. It's definitely interesting, but I didn't think it's one of my, the greatest books I've ever read. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Name of the Rose is better if you're going to do Echo. Oh, I got to read that. I have not read The Name of the Rose. I got to do it's, that. It, it's definitely good. It's a, Do you like Sherlock Holmes? Because it's William of Ockham as Sherlock Holmes in an Italian monastery. Who doesn't like Sherlock Holmes? There you go. Plenty of people. Plenty <laughs> of people. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so, Paul, I think we each have one left. No, I have two. You have one. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went first. All right. Yeah. That's how it works. Math. Um, uh, let's do Igloo Ghost Neo Wax Bloom. Delightful. And here, I'm going to say ahead of time, I don't even know which song I'm going to pick. I'm just going to put the album on shuffle and we'll listen to whichever one comes up. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay, that was uh, what we ended up th- with there was Purity Shards by uh, <coughs> Igloo Ghost, all one word, off his album Neo Wax Bloom. Um, there are songs on there that are uh, crazier, uh, but you get the basic idea of the sonic palette there. Um, so uh, this, to me, is the way that electronic music should be, in that mm-hmm. um, nothing... <laughs> It's it's just like somebody has actually taken the the medium where there are no uh, requirements that a human be able to listen or to sorry not to listen <laughs> to memorize uh, how to play everything um, or uh, have any sort of uh, limitations of the technical chops uh, that can be facilitated by the human finger or lung um, and it's just. Uh, let's go fucking wild uh, every second of this album if we can do it. Um, I, th- I My impression is that Igloo Ghost, who I believe is an Irishman, uh, is quite young. And so maybe this album is what happens when a bored young man, uh, instead of spending all his time playing Fortnite, uh, spends all his time dicking around with the sequencer um, and sort of through composes an entire uh, electronic album of just insanely complex uh, uh, melodies and beats and, uh, you know, weird pitch-shifted vocal samples into um, an experience that I believe, as you put it, Joe, uh, transforms one into a being of pure sound um, (laughs) when one listens. Um, So, uh, you know, I would say this album doesn't quite hit the heights of... um, like, you know, Aphex Twin does a lot of the same thing, but like Aphex Twin makes my soul ache in a way that this album doesn't quite reach to. Uh, but um, nonetheless, in a lot of other ways, just an endlessly engaging and interesting album that both bangs and uh, and lulls in uh, at different times. So, um, yeah. How did you feel about Igloo Ghost, Joe? Um, well, I mean, I think that this is, uh, you know, in consideration for one of my favorite albums of 2017. That was last year. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, I think I I agree with um, your descriptions of it. Um, I, I agree with what I said, that you become a being of pure sound at times listening to this. <laughs> um, when it describe the album, it's. It's kind of as though Girl Talk made up all the samples for his records from scratch <laughs> or like took them from a yeah. vinyl store on an alien planet. Uh, and that sort of added level of creativity here where things jump around um, to such radically different sounds and they're all kind of invented. And, you know, he, he finds this way to take, you know, these, you know, or their samples or these these created synth sounds and and put them together in such um, a wild way is, yeah. um, you know, and, and he adds on top of that sort of, uh, gold pandas, uh, imperative for constant advancement. Um, mm-hmm. and you get this record, 
Um, yeah, you can jump into at literally any moment and then get completely wrapped up. I mean, it's that's <laughs> you putting on shuffle was probably the perfect represented uh, representation of this album because um, it's just every twenty seconds is um, totally different and yeah, uh, really fun. Yeah, it's a whole new composition, and and they sort of. You know, they, because they use the same sonic elements, like it sort of uh, just blends into one long seamless thing, which is pretty dope. Um, yeah. So this is definitely probably not for everybody, but if you can stand um, frenetic experimentation for the better part of an hour, give it a try. Yes. Yes. I don't know. It's I, I would even... It, this is... Um... Maybe it's just me. Maybe I just like this kind of music so much. Um, I, I think this is us, Joe. I think yeah. I think normies would be like, oh, dear God, why is yeah. all this clanging and banging and, and weird voices happening at me? But they um, all like they all like girl talk, Paul. <laughs> girl to, No, but girl talk has that nostalgia element that. Yeah, it's true. Um, that the, the bourgeois love. Um, so there you go. Uh, okay, so we've got I've got one left. It's my memorial. I picked it a little late. Uh, album, uh, it's uh, cigarette after sex is c- cigarette cigarettes after sex <laughs> self titled album. <laughs> yes, uh, which track would you like? Uh, let's play. Uh, let's play apocalypse. Okay. Um, by the way, your audio quality has gotten so bad I can almost not hear you now. Yo, you're not, that's weird. You're not by chance going through the wrong mic, are you? Nope, I'm not. Okay. Can you hear me any better now? Good. Was I leaning back a little far, or is it still? You shitty? might have been before. It's still not great, but you a little louder. Yeah, I I got a new desk chair that's not horribly uncomfortable, so I might be lounging a bit more. Ah, yes. Okay. Anyway, here comes the song in just a minute. Apocalypse by Cigarettes After Sex. Yes, Cigarettes After Sex. Um, so, mm. you know, the the reason, uh, I think I'll start with this, that the reason that this 
for once, I have a reason that an album has made the list late other than I just literally didn't find it until then, um, which I think we discussed with Cigarettes After Sex is that, you know, their songs do sound the same. Um, yes. And, you know, the thing is, I kept listening to this album. Um, you know, I went and saw them, full disclosure, uh, I am friends with uh, one of the members in this band, uh, not the lead singer. Um, and, you know, so I, I kind of, I, I listened to the album several times. I, um, you know, kept listening to it. I, I really got into this, the single we just heard. And I just kind of got attuned to like the, the little things in the song and, um, you know, how, um, moving they could be without um you know having to be so um dynamic or without having to you know while keeping such a like remarkably steady pace and i guess you know if you listen to it carefully enough you you hear these you you do hear the differences in in each song and and you know that that sort of facade that it's just all one long song running together starts to crumble and i mean each the songs themselves uh, are just um really good i mean i think apocalypse is a great example of you know mm-hmm. just fantastic songwriting and just you know kind of those core elements where you've got you know that the key changes and the building emotion and just everything kind of put together in the right way um, and, um, you know, and I think actually, um, uh, you know, he sounds, uh, he reminds me a bit of, uh, uh, Stuart Murdoch from Bell and Sebastian, you know, he's very careful, um, and, and he seems like sincere in his intentions. Um, even if he's not always like truthful in his emotions, you know, or he, he can be kind of a, uh, emo sweetheart or, um, just, uh, trying a bit to, too much to be a heartthrob, but he's just, He's still, you you know that that's what he's out there trying to do. And um, it's sort of, uh, it's magnetic in that rock star way that we've previously discussed. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. And it's, I will note that even at this slow tempo, it never becomes a sludge. Um, and I think that also um, makes it uh, uh, very interesting. Uh so you pretty much covered it. Um, I have not escaped the uh, sameness feeling of the different songs, but I believe you that you have. And I believe, even as I was saying that, I felt like, well, maybe if I listened to this a bunch of times, I would find it. Um, but like I said also then, that even if it is just one song, that one song they play is really fucking good. Um, it's, a, it's a feeling that is... Uh, I don't know. There's not too much music that gives me this exact mood of sort of, you know, thoughtful romance uh, might be the word or romantic thoughtfulness. Who knows? Um, yeah, that's a that's and, a good to interrupt. That's a good point that it seems like there's a lot of music that sounds like this and does this well. But you're like, oh, yeah, this kind of music. But then you're like, actually, what else is like this? It's yeah. hard to pinpoint. Yeah, it's. I mean, there are other you know soft rock bands out there, but um, <laughs> most the, of them suck. Yeah, there's a contemplativeness to this, and like you said, also just the songwriting is good, if not uh, adventurous, um, really good, in fact. So um, uh, I'm gonna. I'm not great on keeping pledges, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna pledge to try to 
give this a several more spins until I see if I too uh, break through my own limited perceptions and recognize the subtle uh, the subtle differences that make uh, that make this album really shine because I, I I would believe that they're there. Okay, um, let's get to our last album for today. We made which, it. Um, <laughs> this podcast yes. was not any shorter. No, it's it's considering we had to go through twelve entirely different albums. It hasn't been too bad. Yes. Um. So uh, this uh, it's either Igloo Ghost or this would be my favorite from the last half of last year, and it is Everything Everything's album, A Fever Dream, from which I'm going to play uh, Night of the Long Knives. Okay, Night of the Long Knives from the opening track from A Fever Dream by Everything Everything. This uh, this band has been around for a while and I have never really paid attention to them and I'm going to have to go back and see if I've been missing something awesome because I uh, I just really fucking love this album. It's um uh <laughs> it's sort of like if Muse had brains at all. Um that might be what everything everything is. Um, I kind of enjoy rocking out to Muse's um, operatic histrionic rock, um, but it's like, you know, just sort of dumb. Um, but these guys uh, seem really bright. The uh, Not only in their lyrical themes, which are cool and good and well-written, but also um, the composition uh, on this, you know, it's like a, a combination of rock and dance music um, that moves back and forth uh, through both the sounds and the structures of each, uh, depending on the song, but serves both really well. Like when they when they lay it down with the guitars, it 
it fucking moves you um which is kind of hard with how like precise and um uh clean uh all their recording is uh, is all the otherwise you know a lot of rock bands get along by being messy to give that sort of wildness to their music and uh they do it just by being big and really well written because there's also a lot of uh classical and jazz type of composition uh going into it a lot of times with that kind of arty rock you can end up with something sort of sterile um a lot like the backpack rap i was talking about before but um not at all here and a large part of that is because the lead singer jonathan higgs um can absolutely fucking wail um uh, yes, I just yes. got done talking about uh, Haley Four's voice. Um, I was thinking the other night, like I really want them. It would never happen. They're like in totally different scenes. I don't, so I'm sure it would never come about. But um, if they did a duet, that would rule. Um, but like just now, I, I made sure to play that song through the part where he, you know, just goes all uh, up to his highest register for it was a long time coming which gives me goosebumps every time uh, particularly what they do what they do there and they strip the music down to uh you know a few really intermittent uh interesting but you know start stop elements and then they put his voice on top and then after that they just launch into some incredibly chorus uh afterwards and it's not just the wailing he can also sing really complicated, fast uh, melodies that go all over the place um, and uh, capture a lot of soul as he's doing it all. So, um, you know, that and the, you know, consistently excellent songwriting. Um, I'm not going to say every single song is a work of genius, but they're all good and a handful of them are awesome. Um and the fact that they do a really good job of sort of capturing, I think, a little bit of the uh, dread of our times uh, with a lot of their lyrics, um, which you can find uh, explicated very clearly by the artist himself on Genius.com, where he's uh, annotated some of the songs um, hmm. with the, the little green check mark to say it was really him. I mean, he just comes out and says, like, this is what I'm talking about here, which is kind of funny. Um we should but, debate. Uh, we should debate whether that's a good thing on another. Episode. I don't think. Yeah, I, I kind of feel sort of weird about it personally. It's like you know, leave let the art speak for itself a little bit, rather than just being like, uh, here I'm talking about people being stupid. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, or make fans pick through your obscure interviews to do it. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So anyway, um, I don't know how you feel, but I felt like, oh man. Um, this is so good. I have been missing something since this is like their fifth album or some shit. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny that, that when you play this for me, I, I was also surprised I'd never heard of them, um, and had never listened to this. Um, uh, certainly this, I mean, this album had totally passed me by and, um, it is, um, first off his voice, uh, is so, um, perfect, that yeah. you um, it combined with their infectious rhythms uh, and you just kind of like you, you're within five seconds. You're kind of like rocking out in your chair. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you're like, yes, I'm into this. Um, and uh, you know what? I, your, your thorough explication of why that works. Um, I, I agree with it. Um, I think that um, it, it, I probably need a, a little more getting used to the kind of 
80s feel of this. Yeah. I think you said operatic feel. Like at There's times, some pet the, shop boys to it, you know. Yeah, a little bit. that's never quite been my jam, and I, I'm I'm impressed though by how much they make me like it here. So I'm, I'm kind of making yeah. that into a positive that you know they re- with that particular uh, toolbox, um, they make a lot of really good and really new sounding songs. Um, so this album is is you know worth listening to just because it's so unlike. Um, most other rock music being made right now and for that it's really refreshing and maybe even like you know as in our search for for me i'm always like can you really make a rock album now that's not you know 80 percent just completely and obviously traceable to like the bands (laughs) that you're in debt to and this this makes me think like yes uh, it's still possible there's still these really cool ideas out there that are um um just original and i like that so yeah a big a big gold star for that <laughs> yeah you know what you say is true it's it's i think what stands out about it as compared to most contemporary rock music is the ambition um you know like it feels like they're trying to make an actual rock album that could like capture the zeitgeist or something like that um, whereas uh, without being stupid, I mean, like, like, uh, you know, Green Day will, it's been a while now, but they'll release something like whatever that fucking shitty long, uh, American, uh, idiot album or whatever that they did was, um, that just, you know, the, the ambition is way beyond the talents of the musicians involved. But these guys, I mean, very obviously to me are writing pop music at a level way beyond what most even smart rock bands are doing um, in terms of just the composition, the chords and the melodies and everything. I mm-hmm. mean, occasionally it can, it can get a little wanky, which is what you fear with that kind of thing. Um, there are some passages that are more, that are impressively complex without being as moving as they might be. But this is, this is a minor complaint because a lot of the passages do slam you. Um, I should also sh- uh, call out, uh, good shot, good soldier from the middle of the album, which has one of the most affecting, just wailing choruses uh, I've heard of the whole year. Um, there's a part where it drops out to just the vocals that made me realize that that chorus is just begging to be turned into a dubstep mix. Um, I'm not saying that would be an improvement, but it would be a pretty sweet dubstep song if somebody did it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just I just love hearing an album that sounds you know, really beautifully recorded, especially that first album, that first song, um, where every movement is, um, you know, written with extreme care and, um, you know, fussiness is a derogatory word, but in a good version of fussiness, like they're clearly sitting there thinking of how to get just the right level of embellishment. It feels like, um, and uh, and also, like I said, smart themes that, you know, really resonate uh, with the times uh, that we live in. Um, it can also be dangerous for bands to get too political, not in terms of, you know, just because it can be done badly, but they pull it off. I feel like this is the kind of thing that only a British band could do nowadays, because in Britain, they still believe in rock, however, <laughs> yeah. however often it disappoints them. <laughs> yes, yes. Good, good on you, mates. <laughs> All right, Joe. All right, before we, we get a little, 
before we get a little wanky, we need to we need uh, to draw this to a close. Yeah, we finally reviewed the second half of 2017. Oh, it feels good. Um, it feels good yeah. to get this off my chest and other other body parts. <laughs> Indeed, I'll leave it at that. Um, I'm not even going to do the whole follow us. You guys, if you're listening to the end, like obviously yeah, you're devoted you've, to the beast. <laughs> Listen to two hours of this. Just tell other people to follow us. Yeah. Um, so thank you. We're gonna do reader mail next time. We needed to get this out of the way, but yeah. we'll do. We'll catch up on our emails. Let's see. Our next, next one will be fun and short. Yes. All right. Thank you, Good. everybody. Goodbye. Good night. Keep listening to good new music. <laughs>